Hello and welcome to the show. Today, I'm really excited to have Jessica Rothmeyer. I should say Dr. Rothmeyer. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's such an honor. And you have been such a mentor to me. You've been somebody that really I've looked up to. Um, Jessica has three books now, four books. How many have you written so far? Uh, There's three published and one in the hopper. Okay, awesome. And she has a podcast called Kingdom Mindset. Um, You do a lot of teaching, a lot of preaching, um, really just a force to be reckoned with, but just a laid down little girl sitting at the the foot of her father's feet and just wanting to serve Jesus. I mean, that really is your heart. Um, So yeah, go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself. um, You know, just say a little bit about yourself, but then also kind of where the Lord is like where you used to be before God got a hold of you. Sure. So I've been in the mental health field for uh, over 20 years now. Uh, Started out as a marriage and family therapist and then kind of gravitated just towards um, biblical Christian coaching, life coaching, counseling uh, in the last couple of years. And so um, I've been a Christian since I was 15, got saved at a teen retreat. It was super fun. And I grew up in a Christian home anyway, felt very loved by my parents. We had a, a cohesive, you know, a pretty healthy family, always knew God, but really started that relationship with Jesus when I was 15. Um, I'm the oldest and have some pretty uh, uh, classic tendencies of striving and perfectionism and achieving, uh, you know, always got straight A's, things like that. And just a natural anxious personality. So you can imagine as I continued into adulthood, some of those um, attributes and those natural instinctual tendencies, even though I was a Christian and even though I was kind of on fire for God back then, um, I just, I still struggled with those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the perfectionism, striving, um, having to perform instead of just being able to be like the receiving yeah. piece was hard for you. Very. Yep. Yeah. And it was always such an interesting thing. And I'll tell you more about the uh, revelation that God gave me, but I always felt loved. And I, I know that there's some people who start to have faith and have a relationship with God, but they might struggle to really feel yeah. loved. Um, and I think that came from having such a healthy family. So I felt loved in my natural family and I just felt really loved by father God, but I had this unique tendency to still strive to please him and achieve Mm -hmm. something for his kingdom and, and serve others. So now I know he put that desire in me to accomplish those things for the kingdom, but I had to learn how to do that in the flow of his grace and not in my own efforts. Ah. So not doing it stressfully with anxiety, like, so, so you felt loved, but you're doing these things with stress and anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And frustration and Uh, blaming myself. I must not be good enough because God's not giving me grace or not giving me more spiritual gifts must be me. Right. Not trying hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. So just being very unique. Well, but beating yourself up, I think that's actually really common. I think a lot of us do that. Like it's hard for us to receive that it's a free gift. Like it's really, 
you know, we don't have to do anything to receive God's love and to receive his worthiness. Like we're worthy because of what he did for us. So then what happened? How did God shift this in you? I'd love to know kind of how you got into this place where you're, you know, doing the coaching and writing these books and what happened? (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, not ironic at all. The Lord would continue to bring me to Psalm 46, 10, this be still and know that I am God. And, you know, once you really seek to, um, nurture that relationship with the Lord, that sows itself into your heart. And I just wanted to understand what does that look like? And I was talking to a a friend and a mentor, and she said, have you ever done a spiritual retreat? And I had done women's retreats and prophetic conferences, and I had done all these things. And she goes, no, a solitude retreat. You go and sit in a cabin all by yourself, no (laughs) phone, no electricity. And I was like, not really a camper girl. (laughs) Uh, So I uh, did that and um, booked my first uh, solitude retreat and did that for about three days, two nights. And I am telling you, the Lord met me there in incredible ways. And I've been doing that now two or three times a year for 10 years. And it it truly is something that has radically changed my relationship with the Lord. And in that first um, weekend with him, I was delivered from that. And it came through this idea of, (laughs) and you're going to laugh, um, of me trying to work out and practice this, how do I, how do I be still? (laughs) So even in the being still, I was striving. So I'm like, okay, so here I am. I have my Bible. I'm sitting in a rocking chair. Should I pray? Should I sing? Should I read the Bible? Should I speak in tongues? Like, how do I be still? How do I relate to the Lord? And the Lord so sweetly just said, Jessica, just be. And there was something in that moment. And I just wept and wept. And it was, it was kind of like my frustration with myself that it had taken me so long to get to this place where I could just be. Wow. Yeah. It, seems it was so incredible. simple, but it's not, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And it had to happen in relationship. I had to hear his voice and feel his presence presence in that moment, um, to have that personal experience, that personal surrender. That's really what I did at that moment where I just threw all of those other ideas, even though they're spiritual and they're biblical and they're truth. And we should do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, at that moment had to throw them out in order to partner with what God had for me in that moment. Right. And in that, and in you hearing from him and receiving this powerful revelation that changed you Mm -hmm. all these things just started showing up for you like ideas and it's like uh, revelations and I think some people wonder like how does God talk to us or how does this happen well it does it first happens in relationship just like what you're talking about Um, so talk about how how the Lord is like moving in your life now and and talk about the kingdom mindset I think some people um, I feel like people are ready to hear that. I feel like people are ready to understand what, what is a kingdom mindset and how can we live that way? Cause really it's a mindset. And I feel like it came from the frustration from your clients too. It did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. 
Yes. So it was at that time that I was really seeking uh, deeper supernatural healing. Like I said, I had been going to all these different conferences. I had been a mental health counselor for probably 10, 12 years at that point. And there were so many of my clients and even some of my friends who were like me. We love Jesus. We're on fire for God. We're reading our Bibles, but we continue to suffer from these mental health issues or emotional issues or feeling stuck in our spirituality, knowing God has something more for us, but we don't know how to get there. And so um, it was during a prayer time when I asked the Lord just that, like, what are we missing, Lord? What is the key to living our life from the spiritual perspective all of the time? How do we as Christians continue to slip back out of that? And then we end up looking like the rest of the world. We're not any healthier mentally or emotionally. So how can we be a light when um, we're suffering as much as everyone else? And this is what he said to me. He said, Jessica, a double-minded man cannot be blessed, James 1.6. And he said, that is how many Christians, unfortunately, uh, live their life. And it's one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And uh, my husband, Scott, and I developed a marriage program several years back. And in our very first session, we always ask couples, are you two feet in? Because after 22 years of marriage counseling, I know if one or both of the spouses has one foot out of the marriage, no amount of counseling is going to help. And so the Holy Spirit said that to me one day. And he said, well, Jessica, are you two feet in, two feet in your faith, two feet in that spiritual perspective? Do you, do you truly live your life with your mind set on the things above in everything that you do? Wow. Super good. So from that was birth kingdom mindset. How do we have a mind set our attitude, our behaviors, our thinking um, patterns based from a spiritual perspective in our eating, in our fitness, in our finances, in our marriage and parenting and started to teach people, teach my clients, where are those little nooks of double-mindedness? Where do we start to operate like the world? We just slip into it and go, well, that's, it's good. It's kind of godly. But is that truly from God's perspective, kingdom perspective? And it was always those areas where they had slipped back into their worldly thinking that they were struggling. Can you give an example? Because I I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can think of lots of things. But can you give an example of where we could have a hook of double-mindedness where we kind of don't really know it looks fine, it seems fine, but it's not what you talked about in James, the James verse? Yes. So I would say uh, one of my favorite things to teach on is uh, comfort versus suffering, because our world today teaches so much about what you deserve. You deserve a break. You deserve a weekend at the spa. You deserve that new outfit. Um, And what does that translate translate into in the kingdom? And of course, God wants to give good things to his children and want us to live an abundant life. But is it ungodly in times to desire that comfort more than what God would have for us, more than seeking him for that comfort and looking to the world? And Heidi, I can't tell you how many times really mature Christians, ones who 
you know, could quote more scripture than me would come back and um, just really be confused about what they thought God was saying about that. And they were caught up into idolatry of some type, whether it was over exercising or over shopping, or um, I I can't think of another example, but that they would say, but that's good. And God, and it gives me energy and it makes me happy. Uh, Makeup was another one of them. Just these slight things that we would in the world, the world is telling us you can do that. It makes you feel happy. It makes you feel beautiful. Um, But it was still creating this idea of striving, frustration, comparison, feeling not good enough. That wasn't actually the kingdom mindset. The, The nugget in that would be Uh, The scripture, we always go back to the word, says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so all I had to do was help perhaps a woman recalibrate her mindset about what does God truly care about? And how can he bring comfort to that part of your heart that would give you comfort and peace and confidence and all of those other things would be stripped away because trying to do it the world's way will always lead you back into self-effort and frustration. So you're not saying that like working out is bad, that makeup is bad, but it's where it can't a, be the answer. Yes. It's not the idol. It's when we idol. And so one person might have a really big problem with, um, with makeup or with appearance, somebody else, it's not an issue at all. And, Absolutely. Their, and their idol might be maybe their children, you know, where right. they're focusing more on their children instead of their relationship with God. And being a mom is amazing. Like we want, that is number one. God wants us to put them first but the kids are before God, the kids become the idol. So is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Yep. And the way I would tell people, how do you discern if it's become an idol or if it's not godly anymore is that uh, I called it dashboard indicators, just like the oil light comes on in your car. And um, if it's frustrating, anxiety ridden, stressful, um, you feel like you're always looking for something more. It's really taking inventory of those emotions. That's not how it works in the kingdom. When you approach your problem with a kingdom perspective, that's when you just feel that flow of grace and you have hope and you have peace. And there's a deeper knowing that whatever that issue is that you're working on, that God's going to bring you through it. So how can we develop a healthy kingdom mindset? One of the simplest ways that I taught my clients for years is uh, just to make a, a simple little list. I tell people, take an eight by 11 sheet of paper, fold it in half. And on one side, you write what you're struggling with. And on the, uh, the other side, you would pick a scripture. It's so important that you use scripture. We can't trust our own human mind through our filtered, broken wounds (laughs) um, to challenge our negative thinking. And so if it has something to do with uh, feeling discomfort or feeling unvalued, then we look to the scripture that speaks to that. And that sets our mind on that kingdom perspective again. And then we can't get it wrong. We can't um, co-mingle it with what the world is trying to tell us is good or or godly or healthy. It has to be from scripture. Okay. Um, So earlier before, when you were talking about Christians that knew more, you know, verses than you and 
they were still confused. Mm-hmm. I want to know why, like what, what has been what you have found? Why do we have so many of us Christians struggling to be in this mindset? And why are we still struggling with these hooks of dumbled mindedness? Why is this still so prevalent and, and still so rampant in the world right now? Why do we look the same as everyone else? I would say it's because a huge part of it has to do with technology because we are so steeped in worldly pictures, images, influences all day long. I always kind of try and put it into a very quick and simple comparison of how many minutes a day do you spend in prayer and in reading your Bible versus on Facebook, watching secular movies, listening to secular music, like that we cannot um, argue that that doesn't have influence over us. And so there's all these silent messages that even, like I said, a very mature Christian who loves Jesus, you just start to um, be influenced. And I would even say indoctrinated into co-mingling. That was such a powerful word the Lord gave me um, that creates double-minded, double-mindedness that you start to say this worldly thing isn't that bad. It's, it's okay. And we lose biblical perspective. So how can you do that? And how can we have this kingdom mindset without getting legalistic? So um, one of the things that I really believe is part of uh, our season, the era that we're in right now, is to seek holiness and righteousness again. I think God is calling his church back to that, not in a legalistic way, but really looking to um, uh, kind of have a healthy fear of the Lord and see being holy and righteous, not legalistic. Of course, Jesus died to fulfill the law that we no longer live by that, but it's an opportunity to have more and more keys of the kingdom, to operate in that kingdom lifestyle here on the earth. And those keys are hidden in righteousness and holiness. So when we seek those things, why wouldn't we? So that I can operate in another level of the kingdom here on the earth. And that might be in parenting or in my marriage or uh, in ministry somehow. I'm going to seek those things, not legalistically, not to do the things so that the Lord is pleased, but rather it is just so um, pleasing to the Lord and enjoyable for me to live holy and righteous. And that that is a, a desire that we have to earnestly seek. And then it will not be uh, fruitless. It will not be striving. It really is a joy-filled um, experience to seek righteousness and holiness, to live in that lifestyle again. And the Lord is good. He wants his children to live that joy-filled life. And you don't discover that unless you're two feet in. That's where God brought me to again, that when you live your life from that perspective, all of a sudden you produce so much fruit. It creates this momentum that you just want more and more of that. Right. Well, in a, I think it's Romans where it says his kindness leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I feel has happened in your quiet time, in the time that you spend alone with him. Like I can feel the heart of the father through what you're saying. Like Mm -hmm. his heart is, is coming through what you're speaking. You're not saying, okay, you need to be holy. Okay. You need to be righteous. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a difference between it coming from the heart of a father and just being this laid down lover 
of Jesus and, and you're this loving little girl just sitting at your father's feet versus a dictator. And it doesn't feel like that. So I can see how, like even you teaching and even you sharing in this episode, like your testimony and how the Lord pulled you out of that place of striving into this place of, I want holiness. I want righteousness. Like I want him. It comes from a place of, of love originally because you spent time with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then experience upon experience. It's so good when you get to those places that you just desire more and more. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a doing, it's just a being and allowing yourself yeah. to just be yourself and just yeah. be with father God. What would you say to someone who is like you <laughs> and they're listening and they're like, okay, yes, I know. I probably need to spend some quiet time with God. And they're really having a hard time with that. Like how, how can we move from that? Our, we're busy, we're texting, we're emailing. We have all these things that we're doing. We have kids to attend to. We know in our head, we're, we're getting a few verses in every day. How can we move from that place to being in that stillness? Mm -hmm. Well, just like for me, it was that first experience. So I just encourage people to, um, it, it will take probably all of your effort to make that happen because the enemy knows how important that is. And so for me, I think I had to reschedule my retreat three times before it happened. So I just tell people (laughs) be tenacious and make it happen because once you have one of those experiences, you will keep going back for more and more. I promise you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'll never forget coming out of that retreat is I thought to myself, if I had known how good this is, how filled up I felt, I felt unstoppable. I couldn't wait to go back to my marriage and my family that was Mm -hmm. having so many problems at that time. But I just was so expectant and full of God's promises for me. I never wanted to live my life any different than that. So that's what brings me back to the secret place is now I know I can do the emails, the texting, the ministry. I can do all of that 10 times better with 10 minutes alone with him than I ever could have done on my own. Yeah. This feels like the freely receive, freely give, like you're filled. Mm -hmm. So you're ready to give, you're ready to do all the things. Wow. And strategies, you know, in those quiet times, he releases his strategies and blueprints and and promises that I was missing out on before. So again, living from that kingdom lifestyle, I am more victorious, more triumphant because of him, him teaching and pouring into me in those moments. Yeah. He's given you books, downloads of books and teachings (laughs) and so many different amazing yeah, ideas and strategies that others have received freedom from. So yeah, why don't you tell, um, talk about your books and what the Lord is like doing in your life. And then I'd love for you to pray for our listeners. Sure. Um, so the idea behind kingdom mindset is that I really want to help equip other healing practitioners because I felt like it took the majority of my 20 year career to get where I am today. So if I can help accelerate any, anybody else out there, uh, spiritual coaches, 
coaches, pastors, mentors, whatever that might be. Uh, that's really my heart's desire, what God's helping me do. So uh, especially my last book, It's Time for Revolution, is really a, a healing practitioner's guide. Uh, someone said that it was supernatural healing for dummies. <laughs> so how they awesome. refer to it. Um, <laughs> I've, awesome. I've been told that I can take kind of complex spiritual concepts and um, make them simpler and applicable. So yes, I try yes. to be really practical. My book is yeah. full of uh, prayers, set up prayers, what you can tell your clients, how you can pray with them, just kind of the basics, kingdom mindset 101. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, several years ago, I wrote a book called Divine Marriage, which is uh, one of those books to be read as a couple. So there's some chapters for husbands, some chapters for wives. Yeah. Um, and then my la latest book is called Modern Day Holy Woman. And it's a 40 day, eight week Bible study on first Peter three. So now eight weeks on one chapter, <laughs> but I have been teaching one Peter three to women for probably about 15 years and really seeing incredible freedom and healing, um, come from that piece of scripture. So I just, yeah, it was a super fun project and talk about a God download. I, I yes. think I wrote that book probably in about a week. That's wow. how it just came out of me. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty so great. Pretty you're, such a, you're such a good teacher. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah this is, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Um, I will put the links to your books for the show underneath the show notes. Um, and I would love for you to pray with our listeners, especially for what you've gotten freedom in with the striving and mm -hmm. Help us to enter into rest like you have, Jessica. Excellent. Let's do it. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Heidi and her heart to uh, share biblical wisdom and to help people be set free in their mind and their emotions and to truly be children of God, that we can come to you and crawl up on your lap and, and really receive all of the fatherly love that you have for you, that you have for us. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for everyone who is listening under the sound of my voice to be set free from striving, that they would just have a new and fresh revelation of who Christ is of the relationship that you have with them through righteousness and holiness, that it has been established inside of them because of what Jesus did at the cross. And now a fire would burn inside of them to seek you, to spend time with you, and to go after those kingdom keys that will lead them deeper and deeper into living a life completely set on the things above and not on the things of this earth. I pray for supernatural discernment for people that they can see when they are slipping back into the world, when they eke kind of over that line of worldly teaching and secular thinking, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just lasso them right back into the kingdom and that their minds would truly be set, laser focused on who you are, on what Jesus established and where the Holy Spirit is leading them. I pray this all in your powerful and holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.